With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What may or may not be trending, but what you will nevertheless hear. Now, 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 now. Today, Sunday, January 12th, in the NFL playoffs, the two seeds in both conferences play. The two-seed Green Bay Packers will host the five-seed Seattle Seahawks at Cold Lambeau Field at 5.40 Central Time and 3.40 Pacific Time in the late game. Kicking off at 12.05, Pacific is number two, Kansas City, versus number three, Houston, at Arrowhead Stadium. Recognized as one of the loudest stadiums in the country. Hopefully, the two-seed games are better than the one-seed games played Saturday. In the NFC, the 13-3 San Francisco 49ers pounded the wildcard Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins on a 44-yard drive, which ended in the touchdown. San Francisco only handed it off. But it wasn't a two-play drive. It was an eight-play drive and eight consecutive handoffs. After gaining only 147 yards and seven first downs the whole game, Minnesota's heading home after being steamrolled 27-10 to in the Bay Area. In the late game, Tennessee also flattens its opponent, the previously 14-2 Baltimore Ravens. Tennessee was 9-7 entering the playoffs, had 37 rush attempts for 217 yards, and only 15 pass attempts, which netted them 83 yards. Ryan Tannehill ended up 7-14 with no interceptions, two TD passes, and one TD run. 57 of his 88 pass yards came on those two, D- two TD passes. Derrick Henry, the Titans' superb running back, had a three-yard TD jump pass as well. As, oh, 30 carries and 195 rushing yards. The Titans led 28-6 at the end of three quarters, and all Baltimore could muster in the fourth was a TD pass from Lamar Jackson, along with a failed two-point conversion attempt with 11 minutes to go. Baltimore actually held the ball for four more minutes and had 234 more total net yards and 14 more first downs. But Lamar Jackson had two interceptions and a fumble, recovered by Tennessee, while Tennessee turned it over not once. Hence the difference in the game. Meanwhile, the NBA keeps plugging along, doing its midseason dog days. The Lakers picked up a convincing win yesterday against the now 22-17 OKC Thunder, and did it without LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Danny Green. The Clippers, today, play the 26-12 Denver Nuggets in the Mile High City at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. They will be without Paul George, who has a hamstring injury. And now, living while recording from the Catch My Eye podcast studio, located in the unsponsored messy bedroom of the lazy bum himself, here is James Leblanc. 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 Bonsuelo. And here it is, episode three of the Catch My Eye podcast. Now, I apologize. 
and this was supposed to come out Saturday. We are doing this on a Sunday, January 12th. Now, I do not think it's all that big of a deal. Today's topic is the one important game in the NFL playoffs today. Just kidding, but the Seattle Seahawks versus the Green Bay Packers it takes place at 5.40 Central Time, 3.40 Pacific Time. I told you in the update. And now I'm just kidding about it being the most important. But it, I think it is the most interesting. And of course, I'm the big Seattle Seahawks fan, so yeah, of course it is. But you look at the other games. Does the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens have like this kind of recent history? No. Houston Texans, Kansas City Chiefs? No. It would really be the Kansas City Chiefs, New England Patriots. Minnesota Vikings and New Orleans. It's not New Orleans Saints, sorry. The Minnesota Vikings and San Francisco 49ers. No. That would be more like the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints, who had some recent history with the Minneapolis Miracle. But they played last week. Minnesota came out on topic yet again. Or, I guess, again. Or it would be the Minnesota Vikings, Green Bay Packers if they played. But not the San Francisco 49ers. And Minnesota Vikings. And this, though, I think is a very juicy matchup. Because the Green Bay Packers and the Seattle Seahawks have had some history. The... I think CX fans remember it with much pleasure. <laughs> and Green Bay Packers fans, not so much. But, yes, on Green Bay has actually had better success against the CX recently, having won three of the last four. And those three wins were actually just kind of in a convincing fashion. Uh, the last the last win was by Seattle, 27-24. to 24. Uh, But nevertheless, Green Bay actually has dominated the series 3-1 to one lately. But the game that we all remember was the 2014 NFC Championship game, which took place on January 18th, I want to say. I know it was in January 2015. Because in that game, that was an epic collapse by the Green Bay Packers. And the Seattle Seahawks were able to take out the win in the NFC Championship game. They advanced to Super Bowl 49. Where they blew the game at the goal line that game in Super Bowl 49. But that 28-22 OT... Win by the San or by the Seattle Seahawks will remain etched in the minds of the Green Bay Packers fans and the Seattle Seahawks fans forever. Now, I was listening to the game and then I had to go do something. I believe, oh yeah, go into catechism class on Sunday, on that Sunday, and my brother, who was the Packers fan of the household.
So I came I came out of the catechism class. And admittedly, I was also thinking about the game and how a bummer it was because they were just getting curried like corn. It was 19-7, to 7, I believe, in the, in the fourth. And then I come out and I ask my brother, Peter. Yeah, Green Bay won, right? And he was like, no. Seattle came back and won. I was like, <laughs> obviously there was major celebration right there. By the way, yes, it was January 18th, 2015. Because they just came back. The Green Bay Packers just completely blew it. They were leading, yes, 19-7 to after the Mason Crosby 48-yard field goal with 10.53 to go in the fourth. And the Seahawks had been doing nothing. The the only the Seahawks one score came in the third, <laughs> and that was a trick play. Seahawks fans will remember John Ryan, who was a very good punter while he was there. Anyway, he passed to Gary Gilliam, who I believe was an offensive lineman. Yes, it was a nightmare pass on the fake field goal attempt by Stephen Hauschka. That got it to 16-7. But it was horrible. And then all of a sudden, their first wheel score, like regular one, <laughs> came with 209 left in the fourth quarter. Their next score came, what, 35, 44 seconds later? <laughs> that made it, and they Got a two-point conversion. And an amazing pass from Russell Wilson, who was being chased. And then... That got it to 2019. Mason Crosby kicked his fifth field goal of the day, which was also probably a reason why the Packers lost, because they were settling for field goals, not... TDs, they only had one TD on the day. Five field goals. That's what allowed the Packer, the CX to even get that close and stay within striking distance. But yeah, fifth field goal, a 48-yarder with 14 seconds left. That sent it to overtime, 22-22. to 22. And then it was a 35-yard pass on the very first possession. And there you go. Game over, 28-22. CX advance. But yeah. And of course, everybody will also remember the Chris Matthews recovery of the onside kicks. Kick. After that touchdown with 209 left to go. And they will also remember the Brandon Bostic who's a, other than that, would be an unknown special teams player for the Green Bay Packers. But unfortunately for him, he had a great shot at the ball. He rose up, and it just clanked off his helmet and into the arms of the Seattle Seahawks, Chris Matthews. That allowed Seahawks to recover. Then they marched down. Marshawn Lynch, 24-yard rush. By the way, had a great game 
and they they get the two point conversion. Packers force TD or, or overtime, but all for not. So that's the game that that's the game that everyone remembers. I mean, Russell Wilson was even asked about that two point conversion to get him up twenty two to nineteen on that pass. I, uh, I believe I believe he was, and he was asked about the previous games. The this the, I'm and I'm talking about this week. But as but to go back, the Packers the Seahawks drive started out interception fumble punt punt interception interception. That was the first half. The next half was a punt, a touchdown. That was an eleven. That was the eleven play one that ended with the John Ryan, who was the holder for the fake field goal attempt pass to the off to the offensive lineman for the touchdown. Then came a punt, a punt, an interception. So Pat Lattigan, that did. Then a couple touchdowns. And then the touchdown to go ahead, 22-19, and then the touchdown in overtime. But as much as the Green Bay Packers fans gnash their teeth and the CLCX fans delight, this is probably more of a fandom thing and a media thing painting out this as a rivalry I mean there there are really not many players left from those that game right there I mean it, now it is true all the kind of the principal players are still there on the Seahawks side you got Pete Carroll the coach Russell Wilson it, it was actually so long ago that um Marshawn Lynch and Robert Turbin came back, left the CX and came back. Marshawn Lynch out of retirement, and I believe Robert Turbin just, he wasn't playing at all. <laughs> but that was only because the CX really got banged up in the running game recently. But yeah, so Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, they're all there. Bobby Wagner, they're the leader on defense, is there. But that's about it. Like none of the receivers were there. Uh, all pretty much all the defense is gone, other than Bobby Wagner. I mean, on the Packers side, you do still have Aaron Rodgers and Mason Crosby, who, by the way, is an amazing postseason kicker and regular season kicker. He's so good. We can get into that later, possibly. But their coach is different. This is Matt Lafleur's first season. He was asked about the quote rivalry. He was like, oh, that's something for you fans in the media. We don't really care, and I believe the Seahawks feel the same. But yeah, new head coach. They do still have Devontae Adams. He's you know, a very good receiver. I believe he was their leading one this year. 
but back then, I believe it was Jordy Nelson who was the leader. Uh, their running back is completely different, Aaron Jones. They're now much more run-dependent. Eddie Lacy was the one back then. I mean, I believe he's out of the league by now. And he actually he, he had struggled with root problems, and he even played for a year, and it was a complete bust of the CLC Hawks. So, I mean, there's a lot of changes. Now the Packers running back is Aaron Jones. I guess they do still have Tremont Williams, but, I mean, Jimmy Jimmy Graham, back then, I believe, was the Saints uh, pass-catching tight end, and he, now he's gone from Seattle, played there for like two or three years, and become fast friends. With Russell Wilson, I mean, he was even a groomsman. At Russell Wilson's wedding, they go flying together, and he's now on the Packers a, a long time between that 2015 championship game. But that's what they remember. That's what I think everyone remembers. Uh, the history actually even goes back even farther than that. Back to Russell Wilson's, I believe, rookie year when they played the Packers on Monday Night Football. And that was what the replacement refs. They won 14-12 to on the last second. Golden Tate touchdown catch. That was the simultaneous catch with, I believe, Greg Jennings. He's actually, a, I think, a Packers receiver, but I guess he was out there for that play. And the replacement... One replacement ref ruled a touchdown. The other replacement ref was waving his arm, signaling a discussion of the play, but the guy, the replacement ref, who, who I believe his day job was a banker, the replacement ref signaled the touchdown because the really simultaneous catch goes to the offense. And so they won on the last second desperation heave by Russell Wilson to Golden Tate. And of course there was big outrage over that. People, they were, they missed the ever famous pass interference call. Golden Tate pushing off to get free to get that simultaneous catch with the Packer. Lots of outrage. And then, right after that, the officials, regular officials, come back and resume play. Probably, people say, because of the whole Monday Night Football debacle, but I have my doubts. Because it was immediate, so they probably already had something in place. But... Yes, that was... Everybody just jumped all over the replacement refs. And how terrible they were and how they robbed the Green Bay Packers. And on and on and on. That's actually when the history, I believe, with the Green Bay Packers started. At least recent. Because, of course, Mike Holmgren coached both the Packers and the CLCX. And he kind of brought both of them back to relevance. I, I think there was like many like many years like eight or eleven years or something like that where he was he was co- for this during that time he was coached for either the Seattle Seahawks or Green Bay Packers during that eight, eight or eleven year stretch when they played each other it, it might have been even game I'm not sure but yeah so for a while he was coached for both teams and he brought them back to relevant relevance and then I think 
Jamora was horrible for the Seattle Seahawks for a year, and then Pete Carroll came in and has really led him to the golden era of Seahawks football. But, yes. And, of course, we all know now with the thinking back to that replacement ref game on the night football game where everybody was so outraged. You think about it and it's like, we have this, we now have this like outrage like every single week, like when the, the regular officials make some sort of call <laughs> and that people don't like. And then you have, you think about the regular officials making that, or missing the pass interference call, the Rams NFC Championship game versus the New Orleans Saints. With Nicole Roby Coleman and I uh, forget the Saints receiver, and of course there was huge outrage over that. So it it was just the replacement refs, you know, calls people miss calls or whatever. It's all it's all way harder to watch stuff happening in real time rather than watching it in slow mo, time after time after time on your monitor if you're a TV broadcaster or on your home slow-mo 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 you cannot really judge you know it's it's you hate you just hate the outrage and how how how, every week how people just complain 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 about how the rest blew it for them and for their team one year is the replacement refs because they could attach that replacement label on them, and then when you had the regular refs, and everybody apparently was satisfied, oh, nope, they still don't like him. But so that I would say that's what every, those are the two games that everyone remembers, and that's why I believe. For the fans, this game is so big. For the players, as you said, I don't, I don't know. Now, for as far as this game, this is going to be a very cold game. And I believe I wouldn't be surprised if that's why the Green Bay Packers, who are, by the way, 13-3 and in the number two seed versus the Seattle Seahawks, who are... Coming into the playoffs were eleven and five. That that's why the Packers are a five point favorite, which is quite a which is I was kind of surprised it was that much, but yes, this is going to be a very cold game. Lambeau Field, the Green Bay Packers this week, were asking shovelers to show up at Lambeau to dig out the stands. Showing up at 6 a.m. Sunday morning, their time, so 4 a.m. Pacific time. Because there is expected to be some sort of snowfall tonight, and fairly heavy. So they wanted to be prepared. But yeah, on, I believe, Friday, the NFL weather predicted an hour's cast sky for the game, but no precipitation. As well as a 22-degree temperature feeling like 14 degrees 
Fahrenheit. A six mile per hour wind. And yeah, so on and so forth. Um, they expect it to go down two degrees by the start of the fourth. That's markedly different than the NFC Championship game in Seattle uh, in 2015. That was like 52 degrees that game. Although it was, it might actually have been worse because even though it's not nearly as cold, obviously, the wind was at least predict it was like 15 miles per hour along with some rain. Today they expect it to be minor breeze and no rain or snow during the game. So now the Seahawks throughout the week have been asked time and time again about the cold and whether they'd be prepared for it. And they're you know down downplaying it. It's like, yep, we've we practiced and we got a chance to practice in it. We got used to it. Russell I think believe Bobby Wagner it was, but it might have been somebody else. Uh, yeah, probably Russell Wilson will come in shirtless, you know, on on game day, warm up and without a shirt on. You know, just as a day or whatever. You know, we're not, no, we're not wearing sleeves. We kind of got prepared for this. It's not going to be that big of a deal because we played in much colder weather in that Minnesota game a couple years back, in which they won ten to nine. That game was cold, so this game should not be as big of a deal, because they were saying that was in the negatives, it, you know, it felt like it was in the negatives, and tears were, tears that were coming out were, would get frozen, and then their eyelids would get frozen, if they sneezed, the stuff coming out would be frozen, so they were saying that was cold, but this is quite a bit warmer, we'll be okay. Everybody else thinks otherwise, and we'll see. And no doubt, and I believe there was a stat something like Russell Wilson's 0 and 3, and Aaron Rodgers is like 4 and 1 or 5 and 1 or something in cold weather games. I think it's probably a little bit overblown because heck, everybody's gonna have to play in the same conditions. Probably nobody likes to play in the cold. I will say this, though. An interesting thing about this game is that the Green Bay Packers are the ones with the stout defense. The stouter defense. Yeah, I guess they have a stout defense. And a running game. Unlike the, C unlike the CLCX, Russell Wilson was actually better than Aaron jo or than Aaron Rodgers this year. Uh he had a about a I think a, like a 106 passer rating. Aaron Rodgers had five, like 95 passer rating. Both passed for over 4000 yards. I believe Russell Wilson had like five more touchdowns. They had about the same interceptions. So they 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 have a better offense overall, the Seattle Seahawks. They scored more points per game. But they also gave up more points per game. And I believe they gave up like two more points per game. Sorry, they gave up like four or five more points per game and scored two more points per game than the Green Bay Packers. 
So that's interesting. Um, really, they, the CLCX really seem to be talking about the Smith brothers and how dominant they are. Now, the Smith, I never heard of them. I mean, I don't really follow the Game Bay Packers, but Zedarius and Preston Smith, man, they were both just racking up sack after sack after sack, I believe, on the defensive line. They both had, one of them like had 13 and a half sacks, the other one had about like nine or something like that. The Seattle Seahawks leading sack artist is as four, I believe. So that's what they were, t and that's going to be really tough for Seattle because their offensive line is banged up. So we'll see what Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, going to be running around for his life or not. Also, Aaron Jones is much more established than Marshawn Lynch and Travis Homer, the Seattle Seahawks two running backs. Now, their two main running backs. No, uh, they apparently they want Marshawn Lynch to get more touches this week. Marshawn Lynch, you know, he's going to get more work back in. They don't, you know, they'll just see how the game goes and everything. But he's not get, gotten much touches the past two weeks. But you know, he's still like, getting back to shape. The, Brian Schottenheimer was saying, yeah, he plays really hard, <laughs> which is what they like. But he knows because. He had to come out like after two plays and like he noticed him on the side like and Brian Shot and I said to Marshawn Lynch, like, What are you doing here? And he's like, Marshawn Lynch, I needed a blow. <laughs> Brian Shot and I were really? Marshawn Lynch, yeah. He's like, Okay. But they expect him to get more touches this week. Nevertheless, I don't really expect him to really the rushing attack to be all that great this today. I will say this though. Marshall Lynch knows how to find the end zone, it seems like. I mean, other than that, he's been disappointing, but I didn't really expect much from him at all. But his two TD runs, the, what, like a one-yarder, I believe, and then against San Francisco and the five-yarder against the Philadelphia Eagles, they were both impressive runs. And that's good to know that, you know, you, got, you guys a guy, you have a guy who can get in the end zone. So that's, but yeah, Aaron Jones is quite a bit more, is, that's what the Packers have a big advantage right there with Aaron Jones, who had like 1,200 yards, I believe, rushing, like 16 touchdowns, obviously one of the top touchdown men in the country, and that might be where the Packers win because they, with a cold weather game, you think maybe they'll try to do a run, more running, this will be a more running, low scoring game than like the pass and rack it up score. But then of course you also think there's also like no, there's also going to be no rain, snow, or wind really, so maybe not, but so we'll see. Because the Seahawks definitely have the advantage in the passing game. Of course, you got DK Metcalf. Everybody's been talking about, but they the leading receiver for the Packers was Devontae Adams, and he had less than a thousand yards. Surprisingly, I mean, so 
Green Green Bay, they had a you know, Aaron Rodgers still had a great year, but it was down by his standards, and Russell Wilson was definitely better than him. That's where they hold the advantage is the passing game. The Seattle Seahawks. So it's also interesting. The Seahawks actually have been. You go, eh, Packers are two games better than the Seahawks in the regular season, but Seahawks played eight games against a team that ended up with a plus five hundred record. Uh, they were four. And, uh, they went four and four against plus five hundred teams. The Packers only played five games against plus five hundred teams. They went four and one. That's pretty much a difference right there. Between and between the records. Packers play teams, I guess, with a combined record of ninety four wins. They had significantly more wins than the teams that the Seahawks played. Now I'm counting so like I believe that the reason why is because Seattle just played in a tougher division than the Green Bay Packers. You got the only, I mean, the Packers had Chicago, who was 8-8, eight eight. <laughs> Detroit Lions, who was 3-12-1, and, and the Minnesota Vikings, who were 10-6. Meanwhile, the San Francisco 49ers were 13-3, and, and the Los Angeles Rams were 9-7, and, and the Arizona Cardinals were, like, I don't know, they had like five or six wins or something like that. So it was that was probably the reason why is because it was significantly better division. But nevertheless, Seattle's been much more tested this year. Also, an interesting thing to look out as far as Seahawks, as has been well documented, is they usually are much better on the road or on, at home on the road. This year is the exact opposite. They were seven and one this year on the road. The Packers were seven and one at home. We'll see. Oh, and an interesting sidebar, by the way. Google pictures of Seattle, the Seahawks CenturyLink field and Lambeau, and then compare it to Lambeau Field, pictures of Lambeau Field. The difference is enormous. Lambeau holds uh, 81,441. It was built in 1957. Other than Wrigley Field and Fenway Park, that's the oldest pro sports stadium. So that you know discounts like the stuff like the Rose Bowl or the Coliseum. I mean the the Rams are did just finish the the thing in the their season in the Coliseum, but that's not their permanent home. But yeah, so Lambo is very large and very old. Centrilic was opened in two thousand two as Key West Q West Field. Excuse me, they have like sixty eight thousand fixed seats. And, of course, the name as well, <laughs> you just look at it, CenturyLink, just, you know, corporate sponsor versus Lambo, honoring the great coach. But then the architecture is completely different. Lambo is very round, or I guess oval. It's wide, it's sloping, not much is covered. A lot more roof shows that CenturyLink field. Everything is steeper. It's, whew, up you go. Very angular. Not not 
really round or uh, oval at all, much less. D take a look at those pictures. It's completely different. The Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers. A big game for the fans, obviously for the players, maybe not because of the opponent, but I believe the Seattle Seahawks at fans and the Green Bay Packers fans kind of have a rivalry. Which is kind of actually what a lot of rivalries are like now. Usually the, with free agency and stuff, teams kind of come and, you know, if it's a rivalry, it's more about the fans and hyping up the fans. Because, heck, they're all, you know, they're probably all kind of friends. With free agency teams, you know, one guy can be on Chicago one year and then he goes to the Packers next year. Not that common, or not that uncommon. It's like, uh, so today, actually, a lot of rivalries are for the fans, and then the teams, you know, keep up the tradition to keep the fans pumped up. But yeah, I, 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 th I think the Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers have a big rivalry today. It's a big game today. I think it's going to be the best game. I was surprised at the line. It was. Packers by, favored by five points. Now let's all remember, everyone, the, the for the 2015 NFC Championship game, the CLC Hawks were favored by eight points. And of course, they like, squeaked out with a victory. They won that the Packers had to massively blow, as well as the CLCX had to take away from them. But yes... Packers, Seahawks, today at 3.40 Pacific Time. So, uh, first of all, the thank yous as we wrap up the this episode 3. Thank you to all who supported me. First, the Blessed Trinity and the Holy Family, of course. After that, my guardian angel and my patron saints, Francis Xavier and James the Greater. Next, my family, my grandmother and my uncle Paul. Of course, and of course, my mom and dad. Finally, Brian Seaman, the Clippers play-by-play -play man on Prime Ticket. Adam Oslin, the pre- and post-game host on Clippers radio broadcasts on AM570 LA Sports, and Noah Eagle, the Clippers play-by-play -play man on radio. And of course, they may or may not share the opinion I the opinion that I presented above. I have no idea what their opinion is. But they just have supported me and helped me. And that's why I want to thank them. Again, I, uh, I apologize for not putting this episode out and recording it on Saturday. But the next episode should be on Tuesday. It'll probably go Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday is the schedule for next week's podcast episodes. Next week, I'm also planning on submitting it to Apple iTunes. So, publication to the directories next week, I'm hoping. 
Until Tuesday, Bonsuelo. Well, everyone, it's mercifully over. Come back for more next time, if you can stomach it. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.